Hey, I'm Andrew Lucas. That's what I love. Mr. Mallard. Uh, Join me as always, uh, Mr. Chief of Morale himself, Bud Copeland. Bud, how are you this evening before we go? The point being is, good golfers are fucking dime a dozen. And we saw it in full swing that the line of demarcation between. Are you ready, Bud? Are you ready for the players? Are you ready to make money? Are you ready to try to beat me? I didn't do my homework this week. And welcome in, everybody. Happy Tuesday uh, here on Divots and Pivots. Kicking off Tea Time Tuesday for uh, the Fantasy Sports Network, uh, Fantasy Sports Corporation Network, as always. Uh, bear with me here for a second. I, myself, failed the show again. Forgot to send Bud the link in time. He's going to be on in just a minute. Anyways, though, let's get into it because, uh, as always, Phil's been running his mouth, him and Bob. Shanley, uh, Branley, I'm not going to say his name right, guys. Him and Branley going back and forth again this week. Phil's just calling him, I'll basically call him a, a baby who can't stand it all. Um, it's a bunch of just whiny, more bullshit that is just kind of, I'm sick of myself. I don't want to hear it anymore. I don't want to watch it anymore. I'm not here for it. So uh, that's going to be the two cents I say. I'll be curious to see Bud's opinion when he gets on here. Uh, we'll see what he has to say. But other than that, I'm done on it. I'm sick of Phil. I'm sick of all the bitching and whining from everybody involved. So we're going to move on from that. Let's get into it because the uh, Charles Schwab Classic this past week, another successful week for your boys over here with our picks. Uh, we're still firing them off good. Uh, myself took down Bud again in a final score of 361 to 296 as Bud comes in just in time to hear the scores. I already told him I, I failed the show and forgot to send you the link in time again. So <laughs> that's on me that Bud's late. All my fault. How are you, Bud? Phenomenal. <clears throat> oh, that oh, sounded too. Are you sure? <laughs> One second. We're having audio issues here. No, nah, that's all right. But, yeah, no, I was just going over our scores this week because uh, it was it was another fairly close one. I did get the win 361 to 296 over you uh, this week thanks to uh, another five or six lineup. Um but I believe that brings us. Let me put up the graphic here. That brings us now to a season total of seventy-four oh six to seventy-two eighty-six. Uh, so not too far off. Still, <laughs> where our score has been back and forth. With this is what keeps happening. Section left. Yeah, yeah. But this is what keeps happening with you. You'll, you'll. It's kind of close. I'll be. You, you'll be giving me these little wins here and there, and then one week, all of a sudden, you just go off and annihilate me by like two hundred points, and and you're right back there. So, so I feel pretty good about where where things stand right yeah. now um we're gonna have to go back and look at the week by week i think you are gonna i think you are dominating me right now on that and i don't know who has the season high for points but i will tell you this Ooh, i feel question. really good about the information that has been coming out of our brains these last few weeks you know picking some winners oh, yeah. uh you you with your five or six lineups there's some dark horses out there that have come out uh but just can't quite break through i needed scotty scheffler to win and i went sep straka you got in my noodle mm -hmm. you brought him up <laughs> and, and i should have i should have not paid attention to you we but, do that to each other sometimes it's not on well, purpose. i think it you're trying happens. to met jedi i think this is like the whole dfs world that i've stumbled ass backwards into i'm just listen i'm just a humble golf guy yes. remember like this I, that's who i am you know deep down inside I also just listened to Jack Nicholas's press conference, his 35 minute presser today. And one of these days we're not going to have him anymore. And it's going to be a yeah. freaking shame. The guy, the guy was gold, uh, pun intended. Look at that. But, um, <laughs> incredibly thoughtful, not <clears throat> incredibly just straight to the point too. And, you know, as humble as he can be when you're Jack Nicholas, uh, it was really fun to watch. This is a pretty cool week. I do, I do, uh, I do enjoy these elevated events, and we'll get into mm -hmm. a little bit of that later when we when it's the uh, shit on live segment that we'll lead off with. I hope, but it's a special week for the Memorial Tournament. Obviously, Memorial Day being yesterday and everything that that kind of represents the last full measure of devotion, as I think it was Lincoln, uh, you know, referenced it, and uh, and you know, it couldn't be a more fitting 
torch bearer than Jack this week. You know, I mean, it's, I, I got a feeling if it wasn't golf, he, you know, if you did go into the military, he would have had five stars. You know what I mean? The guy's just, mm-hmm. he was going to do well at whatever he chose to do. And this was it. So it's a fun week for that. Who won Sunday? Was a Greek Grillo Grillo? Yeah, one. Yeah, which, which, uh, <coughs> it's fun. This, I mean, another one. It feels like this year we keep saying it's another one of these guys who got like a lot of hype around him a few years ago, and then he just got quiet. And now here he is again with a win. Well, these guys are good. We talked about I, it. I'm not going to lie. I was cheering for Adam Schenk, though, because he is a guy who's come up on our show before as one of those dark horse guys, and uh, he, he popped off a little bit this week. I would love to get the numbers on this. How how high on, or what position our boy Smotherman holds for like 36 hole scoring this year? I feel like he's always up there on Thursday, Friday, and then just doesn't have the weekend in him. Again, something else Jack was talking about. Somebody asked him about his opinion on no-cut events, but again, we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, I really didn't have a rooting interest. I just was looking at the fantasy setup and whatever was supposed to work out. Yeah, that's what I was pulling for. <clears throat> I'm mad at myself for not throwing uh, Akshay some love when I was just watching. I kind of fell off at the, uh, at the end. There. But he makes cuts. The kids make. He, he makes. He's keeping. He does make cuts. He's if if you see him and if you see him anything under seven thousand, I'll give him the seven thousand mark. Anything under seven thousand, mm-hmm. I mean, he's pretty. Consi- he's been pretty consistent this uh, thus far this year. It's, it's very fair, but he's he's definitely living up to it. I mean, and a little teaser for later on, he will be a 6,500 this week. So, man, we'll talk about him a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, uh, you know, what I what I love, because you brought up, let's just get the list of file. I've already said Thank my Thank you. I was about pieces. to say, Akshay's a lefty, Phil's a lefty. Let's just – I've already said it. my two – because I just don't want – I'm done giving Phil airtime is what I decided. I'm just – I'm over it, so I pretty much said I'm sick of the bitching. Here he goes bitching again, and I'm just done with it. I don't know if you want to say something. I'm over. I'm over Phil and and bitching from both sides. It's not even a live hate thing. It's just I, I just want everyone to shot stop bitching. I'm so just over it. I'm so mad at him. I can't even remember what is <clears throat> what's the latest one. What did he do this? I'm not even sure I, if I'm going to be accurately tell you which one the latest one was because oh, they he, he fired off a being bunch. Accurate. Come on, huh? Well, he fi- he just fired off a bunch. So I'm not even sure which order they came out in. Give me the uh, ballpark the, again. I think the one I sent you was uh, that he sits there. Phil saying about Brand, uh, Brandel. Uh, Brandel Chambly, yes. Okay, perfect. Yes. Thank you. I Brandel remember that sits because... on his golf golf channel Ugh. set, tearing everyone apart with no one challenging him. I'm done taking his shit quietly. I know it's stooping to his low, challenging but challenging him. What but is this? Middle the 37th personal attack is the last one without responding. Maybe. Iman Lynch can come to his defense again. And, and, I, and I think when I sent you that, I just said, does he not realize that as a commentator and analyst, it's it's kind of their job to stir the pot and to say things. And yeah, guess what? People don't challenge them because they're on a set with like with people where it's, it's set up and like there's a, a, this isn't scene politics. And a script. It, it's just what it is. It's sports commentary, Phil. <laughs> yeah. <Calm down. laughs> just... I mean, I get it. It would suck be, it up. I, Here's and here's where I do try to put myself in in that position because it would be nice to be you know have half a bill in the bank. Oh sure. But that you know we bring up the money a lot, but think about back to the Players Championship this the, this year. And one of the first stories I saw that stood out was an interview with Cam Smith saying, "What's it you know where are you going to be this year for the players?" And it was like. Yeah, not there. And he was, he was down the street at a local course, you know, playing, probably trying to keep his mind off of it, but it, it's got to hurt a little by, bit. By and, going as close, physically close as he can to play without playing there. <laughs> like that's, yeah, real good job. All, all, he, was mind missing, off of all it. he was missing was the boom box and a little Bob Marley, which was supposed to be the original song before <laughs> in your eyes got put in there. There's your trivia for today. You, you know but I, I, it's got, he really has alienated himself in certain areas. It looked like they were all chummy at the PGA, but then again, yep. I, we don't know what was being said. I even, I even was like, oh, hell yeah. Phil's got a lifelong invitation to that tournament, this organization yep. that he basically thumbed his nose at, and he would splice hair saying, no, I love the PGA of America. Those 29,000 teaching pros are wonderful. They're the backbone of this game, yada, yada, yada. It's the corporate greed by the PGA <laughs> tour. And that's when I would want to smack him because – it's hard to it's hard to give the sympathy he's looking for or even the empathy because I go back to 
you know, you made these decisions and we'll bring Jack into this real quick. Somebody asked him about what is it like to not have some former champions here in Brooks mm -hmm. and the, you know, that kind of stuff. He's like, listen, those guys don't exist to me anymore. I mean, he was pretty blunt about it. He was just like, yeah, that's uh they made, and he didn't, he didn't say they don't exist, but he did say they're not part of the game. Pure and yeah. simple. He's like, I, they made a decision. We've talked about that and we're done talking about it. We moved on. This is a whole, the PGA tour is a whole other entity because that I pretty much started. So, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. done. I don't. And the thought was, I mean, he even said he shot, a, he shot Brooksy a text after he won the PGA because Brooks is a damn good golfer. And if you ask the follow-up, Hey Jack, do you, you know, do you wish that maybe he would have stuck around Jack? But like, you know what? Everybody's got to make their own decisions, but of course I do because he's a wonderful golfer. Sure. Uh, and that's my point is I think Phil's out there looking for somebody to say like, you got a point in that they, you don't like, like no you, one, you no one has it. said it like yet. You're going after it. You, you're you're yelling at a at sports commentator for personal attacks, which you know I sure I, I don't think I've ever been personally attacked because nobody's nobody's really knows me well enough to hate me that much. But uh, to have that much money, to have that much talent, to have that much you know that you've accomplished, don't be Ty Cobb. You know Ty Cobb yeah. was a, was phenomenal baseball player. And people would say like, oh, you know, he's the asshole you would want on your team. Looking back, no. Like, it was it really necessary to go about the game that way? Was it worth it? You know, sometimes people people will challenge Bob Knight as a college basketball coach great because could he have been greater if he would have just gotten out of his own way mentally and he would probably fire right back? You know, that was the fire that drove me. What you saw was just me getting my engine going, whether it was choking a player or throwing chairs. Uh, all this to say – Phil, keep keep thumbing away. Keep throwing them out there. I think it's wonderful. I, I like this kind of childish back and forth because <laughs> it gives us stuff to chew on. It's not advancing yeah. anything, uh, but he does. It's weird because there's there, there's the kind of like, whoops, see, I told you, I told you all this was true, and we've said it before. Did it? You know, did you have to actually? light off some dynamite to get the fire started like could you know was there was there a way to kind of maybe get a, a slow burn going he'd probably say they've been trying for the last 10 years and falling on deaf ears and yada 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 but it's the whitewashing or the the sports washing that he's taking issue with yeah and i mean it's kind of like bringing a hooker to prom you know you, <laughs> you know what you got in front of you with so if people are snickering and making jokes I'm not saying bullying is nice, but it is kind of part of growing up. And he's a grown man. Yeah, stop. <laughs> if you're really that worried about growing the game, why aren't you trying? You know, why aren't you trying to maybe sell this team aspect more? Nobody gives a shit about you as an individual golfer. You, I mean, that's that's a, that's a bit unfair, hyperbolic. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, but like Jack said, not really part of the game anymore. I think Phil will mm -hmm. show up and show out at these majors, you know, especially like Augusta that's friendly to older, not the walk, but these older, more familiar players, you know, they, they, they've shown they can make these runs deep. Look at Freddie this year at 63 mm -hmm. going as far as he did. And Phil won at 50. So in his brain, he's going to be competitive at these things for another 10, 15 years. Uh, hell, with modern medicine, his level of income, there's no reason he, he can't live to be, you know, three, 400 years sure. old. Well, <laughs> Shout out to Talladega. I didn't think that's what you were going to say when I said sure as you were saying it. <laughs> but, so I, you know, I'm torn on it because it's one of those things I just, I don't want to care, but then it just makes me upset because I don't know what he's trying to accomplish. It, it all is what it is. And I think everybody else is moving on. And honestly, I think he might be the last one barking at the wind on this. It seems like it. It sounds like it. And, and, and Brooks was very clear when he won that PGA that this had nothing to do with live. I mean, he didn't, yeah, he didn't shy he away at heart, but he just said, it. like, I'm not, I'm thinking, I'm not thinking about that. This is about it, which I agree with. Majors should yeah. just be about that. I thought Brooks handled winning the PGA perfectly the whole way through, but it's good for Brooks. That's why I said it was a whole all in all good weekend for Brooks Kepka. I saw that he went on about a five day bender afterwards and then showed up to the yeah. live event day of or day before. <clears throat> finished like 18th and bagged bagged three or four hundred thousand dollars which whoever posted that promptly pointed out that might co cover the cost of this little victory party he was on but uh, i mean yeah. like listen i'm back to I'm, I'm back to always bet on brooks and these majors now he's gonna be he's yeah, gonna be somebody like who deserves that. a look because he's on one of those kind of 
you get that feeling that, you know, until he gives you a reason not to play him, it's like Scotty Scheffler this week or even John Rahm at this course. It's going to be hard not to, to not take that cheese and swallow that chalk because there's a high likelihood that those guys are going to be in contention come Sunday. Yeah. So, and that does bring up the, the quick question I, I asked you earlier in the week, and we're here now because we're talking Brooks. Because um, it was said, it. I, I saw it put out there on social media, and it made me think, and that I was having a hard time disagreeing in the end, but I was really trying to to disagree with it because it, it didn't feel right just because of how inconsistent he had been in the past few years leading up to this year, but that is Brooks – the champion of this era of golf. And I'm going to call this era of golf the last 10 years, like 2013 per se. Cause I, I think mean, that covers the high, like the high ends of, you know, some of the other, the other names you would want to throw in there, your speed, you know, follow or like, but I don't consider follow. Like a I saw that. Yeah. But I saw that. I saw it the other day. Even even Rory's only has four total and none since 2013. So the start yeah. of this era, he walks in with four. <clears throat> Brooks has taken five, and Rory's got zero. So yep. I, I think you, yeah, he's the quote unquote champion of our mm-hmm. era right now. I mean, the num- numbers don't lie. Yeah, it, and he's been. I mean, he's been world number one. He, you know, he's won. He's won five majors, world number one. You know, kicked ass in these international competitions. I'm sure. Somebody's going to challenge me and be like, ah, he was three, six and two, whatever. I'm I'm just saying, you know, he's a force and he looked really good at the Ryder cup last year. I'm not going to lie. A little man crush on Brooksy, but uh, yeah, he's absolutely the champion. Now that's, I don't know if, I don't know if that's what he's not like the, it's kind of like Arnie. Arnie was more the people's champion. Jack was just the fucking greatest. Sure. And there was a, some of that argument between Phil and Tiger, you know, in the early 2000s or the aughts. I heard somebody reference that the other day. I freaking hate that. The aughts. So back in the aughts, there was the whole maybe Phil might be the most talented golfer. You know, he's America's mm. champion. He's the people's champion. But there's no disputing what Tiger and Tiger was doing. And I think that's kind of a scenario we're finding here that maybe Brooks is just going to be this guy who is going to live the rest of his life after this contract with Liv, pun intended. He's just going to ride that money in all of these fucking exemptions. Cause every time he wins one of these majors, he gets, you know, five, so the PGA's lifetime. So he's in, he's yeah. going to get him. I'd be willing to bet right now. He gets a master's in the next few years. <clears throat> he's obviously got his U S open. And every time he wins one of those, the clock gets extended to another 10 year exemption. Yep. So in, in the open championship, I, I hope he wins an open, especially because of his roots going back to the challenge tour. And that's kind of where he cut his bones. There was a great story. I saw uh, a Stevie, but uh, Stevie Williams, T gray's old caddy. And he said they were, they got paired up with him at the 13, 14, 15, somewhere in their open championship. And he goes, you know, I, I, there's about three or four players in, that I've been around in my entire life where they, they have just kind of a, a different ball flight. Like they can yeah. absolutely in the way that they're able to do it. And he's like, he's like, that's what he said to Tiger, and Tiger kind of agreed with him. And when when Brooks, you know, first broke through, they're chummy down there in South Florida. All these guys still hang out and they play at the Bears Club. You know, mm-hmm. they're all members there and at Medalist, um, and you know, probably hopping over to Grove Twenty Three everywhere every once in a while. So there, he is. You know, yeah, he's definitely the champion of our time, and I really, I would entertain any argument uh the contrary yeah I, I i know when i first posed the question to you i was leaning towards i i'm sure i can think of someone who's been more maybe obviously not had the most more majors but who's been more consistent over the past 10 years but but as i get as i sat here asking you that question today it, everybody had those windows of inconsistency and, and you know disappearing and you want to say of like the world's top 20 in the rankings kind of thing and so when everyone is kind of balanced out in that way, you do got to go to the majors and that's the, well, that's how you measure success in, in this game. Yeah, yeah. In, in golf, it's the majors in, in football, it's the it's super bowls for a quarterback. Yeah. Um, I don't know why they're the only ones who get held to that standard know, that's right? a whole different conversation, <laughs> right? I mean, running backs, it's touchdowns and yards. And even that's going to change as they become, you know, valued differently. Thanks to you freaks in the betting world. <laughs> but but in golf, you could make arguments for different players that maybe have more well-rounded careers and may, like yeah. you said, maybe more consistent uh, finishes. But then at the, at the end of the day, too, it's like, would you take a quarterback that you, that was going to go 
you know, nine and seven or whatever the hell they play what, nine and eight. They play 17 games now, yeah, nine and eight or whatever yeah. that is. You knew it was going to be a nail biter to get into the playoffs. But once he got in there, lights out. I mean, uh, mm. you would, you would, you, you know, you would take that, but because you would, you know, yeah. the potential's there for a champion. That's the argument everybody makes for Eli Manning to be in the Hall of Fame. And versus like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, who is a damn good quarterback and very <laughs> reliable. No, uh, not Ryan Fitzpatrick, but you know who I'm, I mean, uh, like an Andrew Luck. Yeah. who like Andrew Luck was a way better quarterback than Eli. And it's like, ah, I mean, that's the whole Aaron Rodgers more talented than Tom Brady conversation where you're like athletic, eccentric, maybe. I don't know, but I'm not even sure if athletically Aaron Rodgers necessarily was. He had a stronger arm, but it's not like he moved much different than whatever. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> we don't need to go down that road. Analyze, um, analyzing the gate <laughs> of Tom Brady versus Aaron Rodgers. You only know, get, I, that's the pivots part of this divots and pivots experience that you've tuned into or are there. tuned out of. All right. So it, let's get back to the Memorial, the golf course, yes. is a freaking monster. It's a beast. I know we have mm-hmm. to, I know we have to give some love up here in a minute, but just as a reminder, this property, Jack bought this property in 1966, right after, shortly around the time, shortly around. There we go. I'm going to hedge on both sides of this, but it was right around the Open Championship. He wins his first one, gets this property, and didn't really open Muirfield until I think 74, 75, 76. 74 is I think when they opened up because 76 was the first memorial uh, tournament, and he, he also uh, played that opening round with Tom Weisskopf, set the course record at 66. It's been broken since then. I think it's 61 now. But he used to hunt rabbits with his dad on it. This was always like a long, long-term plan of his to give back to his central Ohio kind of roots. And I like the homage to Muirfield overseas with the, the role that it plays in the game, in the history of the game. People like Urban Meyer live out there. Jason Day lives out there. It's one of those planned communities that even has its like yeah. an internal governmental structure and that kind of shit. So – I'm curious to know how much time he actually spends there now that the Bears Club, you know, down in South Florida and probably just warmer down there. But the golf course is a freaking monster in Jack's own words. It is long and it is fast this week. So I've got some interesting takes when we get to our DFS on why I'm picking certain traits and aspects this week. But I love it. Just basically, you have to ask yourself, would this person be able to win a major? That's kind of the question you're asking when you're looking at your pick, if you're picking your winners uh, or even kind of anchors for your uh, lineups. Yeah, I mean, you nailed it. We'll get into the details of that. Um, Real quick, hold on. If you haven't seen yeah. it, if you haven't seen it, Google Jason Day in his backyard setup. And this is in his the, his Muirfield yeah. Village house. His backyard, he was one of the first ones, first of all, he's got this gigantic barn and he's got, and he's one of the first ones to have the animatronic greens that they can reset up in like 12 inches or 18 inches of tilt. Yeah, I thought I've seen that before. So that is, he's got three different greens with three different grasses from like, you know, the same, same shit they use in Augusta and overseas Mm -hmm. or whatever big tournaments they're setting up for. He gets everything shipped in. These guys are on a different level than the half buckets you and I squeeze in on lunch yeah. hour. So uh, it, it's a pretty cool it's a pretty cool thing to check out. But also, Jason Day is a sneaky good name to keep in mind this week. Yeah, and speaking of shots, I, I, I took ninety three shots this week. So uh, yesterday I over at the Merrimack, shout out ninety three shots this weekend. <laughs> shout out to the Merrimack Valley uh, Golf Club in Methuen, Mass over there. Uh, Donald Ross design. <laughs> Donald Ross design. Uh, Good, good, challenging course. I wish the greens had been in better shape. Um, they were pretty impossible to read just because they were so beat up. Uh, you know, unfixed ball marks and then dead spots because there was a lot of Dude, weird bounces happening. People who don't fix one. their ball marks, there's a special place in hell for them. Yeah, I'm not talking about like the fun spot where I'm going to be with the Kennedys. I'm talking about like Dante's Eighth Inferno. Uh, I actually got out there this weekend too. I serendipitously had Friday off and my mm-hmm. brother-in-law just reached out and said, Hey, you want to go play Saco Biddeford? Or I guess it's Biddeford Saco. Uh, I'm not club. sure. <laughs> we always say Saco Biddeford. That's just because that's how I was introduced to it. Then I was pulling up to it and I noticed it was Biddeford Saco golf club, which yeah. it doesn't, it doesn't roll. Well, off I'm sure. I'm sure if you just put those two words together in any order, people will know what you're talking about. If they know the place. Pretty much. It too is a Donald Ross, you know, not too, not too, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Inspired or creative tee to green, but the greens were beasts. I got around in, I want to say 76. So I was pretty proud of myself. 
and uh in our in our group one whatever freaking tournament thing that we were playing in oh sweet okay yeah i don't know apparently i might have some gear or and or cash waiting for me somewhere so hell yeah well congrats oh thanks buddy i really appreciate that okay and one week from now we'll be doing this show and i will either be talking about redemption or another dose of shame i tee off at 810 andover country club be there or be square nice looking forward to it don't be square no more squares on your scorecard only circles um let's get into it here let's oh yeah super creative there i know uh let's get into it here let's uh let's quickly hear from underdog here we're going to take a quick break and then when we come back we're getting into our key stats we're going to start throwing some names at you so be ready build those lineups with us we'll be right back underdog fantasy is here to save your post fantasy football season blues the easiest place to play and win with the underdog fantasy app Get up to 20 times your money in a single night with our Pick'em contests. Grab some insurance when setting your picks and win even when one pick fails. Go online now and use the promo code DIVPIV to double your deposit up to $100. Sit gingerbread, good girl. D-I-V-P-I-V, that spells div piv. Get over there, use that. They'll match your first deposit up to $100. Ton of fun. I consistently keep winning money over there in golf, so the uh, the tournaments are ripe for the take, and so join in on that fun. But let's get into it. Let's see how we can win some money over on DraftKings this week. Uh, and lo and behold, in any other format, uh, these, these picks should help you out if you're playing like Bud Plays in a private kind of setup. Uh, pick em, win or pick them league. Uh, or snake draft, you can still use these names to, to target however you're playing this week. So listen up, class. That seemed aggressive. Uh, but <laughs> I, don't know. I was actually a teacher, and I would say, oh, God, I, think I can't. I'll, I'll get canceled. Uh, anyways, though, uh, this is uh, let me let me switch this order to salary so I have it ranked as. By the way, uh, for those of you keeping score at home, my other league is officially known as the Stork Insurance Invitational, <laughs> uh, which is actually the guy who runs it does a phenomenal job. His his write ups every week are kind of quippy, and they give you know a little one two three podium mm-hmm. finish. Who did what? Uh, there's some creative names and whatnot. But the point the point you made is valid. Where. It, this helps me tremendously with trying to suss through all the nonsense and actually make sense of it. They, we use Bovada odds. You pick four golfers, one in each tier, and you really just hope for the winner because that paycheck yeah. can erase, you know, unless somebody has two, three, and four, which even that, check the money sheet. I don't think that even tops out. Uh, the, and this week, speaking of elevated event, $20 million yeah. purse, like, you know, like 3.6, something like that going to the winner, uh, yeah. and a lot of milkshakes. I, I love that. I love that. I love that the milkshake is part of the whole like, the lure of being able to actually get to Muirfield Village and get in the clubhouse. So, the, uh, the milkshake, huh? So, who doesn't love a milkshake, right? 14 different flavors. I can't order the one yeah. that I want, which is the Buckeye on principle. My family went, a bunch of people in my family went to yeah. Michigan. They're from Michigan. Can't do it. Uh, not going to happen. Wouldn't be prudent. But, That's fair uh, enough. So what well, are you thinking about? Yeah, what are you thinking about to get around Muirfield Village? Yeah, yeah. So, so the the stats. So once again, strokes getting putt and stroke gained approach. Those have been key for me all year. They've been working. I'm leaving them in. So I've been switching up the three, as you guys, if you're listening regularly, know every week. Uh, so we're gonna go with opportunities gained this week, and I want to. I'm gonna tell you why we're going with opportunities gained as as an outlier here. As I bring down the course breakdown tab over on FantasyNational.com. Super useful, uh, but. Ball striking is actually higher than average. Ball striking is a funny word. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> it is. <clears throat> Ball striking is higher than average here than uh, your your average uh, PGA course uh, tour event, I should say. <clears throat> Excuse me. Don't you go dying on uh, me. <laughs> but greens and uh, driving accuracy is also way above the average tour event here, which I believe is probably what is um, skewing that ball striking. Uh, a number a bit because uh, obviously it's counts coming off the tee as well. What's lower than your average uh, PGA event here though is greens and regulation. Uh, so I want guys who are going to be able to to put themselves in position to score on a hole um, and, and hit those greens going specifically for opportunities gained because they're going to need to score this week. So opportunities gained is where I'm looking there. 
uh, par fours, 450 to 500, and then proximity, 150 to 175. Those are mine. Did you did you did you hack my my computer? Those are mine. Are we, do we have the same five or nah, four the, or three? Not, however many you have. We did not just become best friends, uh, but like <laughs> uh, we do have a couple of the same ones. And I'm actually just checking up on on the last thing because. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, it uh, makes it makes sense why you had already started like my entire top ten. No, before I, I even start mine. <laughs> no, I did that to snag the ownership projections. I should have. Oh. <laughs> Uh, or am I, or am I leaving before. breadcrumbs and little Jedi mind tricks? No, I got par, I got par, uh, strokes gain putting because this is a mm -hmm. course that this, I mean, I actually do think that you have to be in good form. You're not going to find form putting around Muirfield. No. Uh, especially when Jack says he wants them fast or, you know, you know, tune them up a little bit. Uh, I think he takes a little bit of pride if he wants to see, he wants to see them struggle. I think he would say he wants a fair setup. Um, yeah. But I think if you also asked him, what if nobody finished under par? He'd say, well, that's then the golf tournament. That's just, you know, what the way it is. What Strokes did you enjoy putting. that if you held all the records in, in the sport too? What did you enjoy that? I'd be, I'd be, <laughs> I, he's a way better man than I am. I would, have been, <laughs> I've been, I would have been a recluse by now. I would have been, you know, I probably would have been at my club or wherever. Just don't, you know, leave me alone. No pictures. I just want to play yeah. my golf and watch golf. Fair enough. Go, go ahead. Strokes gain putting is in my is in my lineup this week. I trust the short stick. If you if you're hot with that and get you out of a lot of trouble and help you convert to convert a lot of opportunities, which is why I've got opportunities gained as mm -hmm. one of mine as well. And then par fours, 450 to 500. But the fourth of my key three is good drives gained because okay. while, the, while the rough can be punishing around here, if I mean Brooksy. Not Brooks. Brooks, Bryson did it at Winged Foot, where he was able to, you know, overpower, you know, kind of overmuscle the rough. Yeah. And you don't have to be that big a Hulk to do it. You know, Tiger famously, well, he was a Hulk for a while, but he yeah. could just dig it down and get it out of there and launch it up high. And with the with the gear that these guys have and the shafts that they're using now and the steep, you know, uh, swing angles they take, uh, just like Scotty Scheffler, they can launch that ball high enough. So if you even if you miss the fairway, if you're converting that bad drive into catching the green and giving yourself an opportunity, that combined with rolling the rock well. But I like that you you pointed out 450 to 500 par fours. It's going to be that kind of week. Seven out of the 10 are at that range. Uh, so who is swinging yeah. it well off the tee and gave it, you know, get it up there. I, I wanted to add bogey or better, you know, avoidance, basically bogey avoidance. Sure. But I don't know how much stock I put into that anymore because these guys seem to be able to rip off two, three, four birdies in a row when they do F up the, the top tier guys. I'm not talking about sure. the stuff that just takes me out of it. Like Jack even pointed out, they were asking, why'd you do so well all those years? He goes, figured out how to concentrate over 72 holes. He's like, I was never a big fan of going par, par, birdie, par, birdie eight. And I was like, well, <laughs> I felt very attacked by that comment, <laughs> but then he also but, referenced. And I feel then, very relatable to that. Comment. <laughs> Except without the, the birdies. Eight. Um, and the, but he also said that that Rory's one of those players, you know. But he yeah. and he's able to kind of get it back together. But maybe that's what's kept him from being that next level of greatness. So I do think that um, it's going to be a fun week. And whoever whoever is, it's it, like it is a true true test of a champion. As I was kind of jokingly uh, putting it earlier, but it really does take a good golfer. And even Jack said it. That's the fifteenth time I've referenced it too. But like I said, I just finished listening to his presser, and, and you know, Grandpa's great. Um, it's going to take a major champion caliber player. And that's why I do have a couple of major winners starred in my 10 K and above and nine K range that I think are worth a look. Yeah. We got five in that 10 K range. I got this, five this on week. It. <laughs> yeah. Five on it. And so, and the main question I have looking at this 10 K range is one, uh, the ownership is quite high, which brings me to my next point. Do we is this the week we see Rory string his consistency back together? Uh, because obviously missing the cut at both the players and the masters, um, kind of took the wind out of the season he was having. Uh, but he, he went T47 at the Wells Fargo, which was also disappointing considering the tournament. But coming back with T7 at the PGA, uh, now off last week at the Charles Schwab. <coughs> uh, and when you look back at his tournament history, wow. tournament history, it's uh. T32, T18, and T18 in the last three years here. So uh, Rory, who's sitting at 10-6 and only projected 10% ownership, uh, considering Scheffler's sitting around 20, 
John Rahm is sitting around 1920. Patrick Cantlay sitting at 20. Xander sh- sitting at 17. Uh, when when, you, look, when you look at the company that, that he's in there and the ownership, sure, is my uh, those other four guys, are they all in the top 10 of my model? Yeah, they are. Uh, do I think they're all going to do good here this week? Probably yes. But do I think Rory can do just as good as them this week and we can get him at almost half the ownership on, uh, compared to some of these guys? I'm going to take that. Leverage. My, my 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 young Padawan leverage is what we're looking at here. That's what caught my eye, and that's why I was kind of wink wink nod nod at Rory because I too have him starred in that ten, at ten six and at ten percent. I thought it was a typo. I was, I was like 19, 18. I couldn't tell <laughs> if I was changing the color on it. Ten percent, ten six, and he's reliable to make the cut and make a run here. Um, yeah. He you know he didn't even he wasn't even at 100 percent for the first half of the PGA and he was right. able to make a run at it. So, you know, with a week off, uh, you know, a couple weeks off or whatever it's been, he's going to he's going to be in form and I think he's going to do well this week. I don't I don't get Xander at 17 percent, but that's neither here nor there. Let's drop down to that 9K range and let's start getting a little yeah. more fun and creative. Although I think I already tipped my hand at this one who I who I like in this 9K. Uh, you did. Yes. I don't yeah, dislike did. the others, but you were talking about, you know, ownership and Jason Day at 8 percent. He's coming off of a, a recent win. This is a home game for him, essentially. Mm-hmm. And so I, I think he's worth a look at 9,400. Yeah, I, the ownership definitely gets me there for him as well. Um, so I, I don't, I don't hate that at all. It's not my favorite play of the week, I'd say, but I don't, I don't hate that play. Um, it, I'm not here to be your favorite. I'm here to beat you. Jeez, well, in the man. in the nine K range here, I'm, I think I'm gonna be. Uh, I didn't even, even say. Though he, go ahead. What? Nothing. I'm, I'm stepping all over your toes. No, that's all right. Even though he's a little bit higher owned still for the 9K range, it's not incredibly terrible. Uh, but at 9,700, I think I'm going to go back to Victor here this week uh, around 14, 15% ownership. Um, if I'm going to be able to get Rory at around 10 or 11, I don't mind paying 14, 15 for, for Hovland because I know I'm going to be able to get some other guys at an ownership bargain down the list. And, and he's even on a week where it looked like he he kind of necessarily didn't have it this past week with Charles Schwab, he still hung around, still finished T16. Um, <clears throat> I mean, sure, it was a tournament that he probably should have dominated, um, and he didn't. So that's why you look at it as kind of like a down week for him, but but he's still in great form. So uh, And he sets up well for this golf course. So I think I like Victor Hovland at 9,700 around that 14 15% ownership rank. Colin Morikawa or Victor no, no, no. Colin Morikawa, Victor Hovland, and Jason Day are seven, eight, nine in my model. Mm-hmm. And uh and so and, and so that's why it is tough. Like I I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, he's Victor Hovland is also primed to to finally break through and win one of these. Yes. But uh at third in my model, and he does well at comparable places, and I feel like he's chomping at the bit. You know who I'm about to go with, Mr. Mm-hmm. Tyrrell. Tyrrell Hatton. He's, he's still playing so good right now. He is he's in, in form, fantastic form. Ranks in the top 20 in all the categories that I love. 9,300. Yep. He is a little chalky. He is a little chalky. Yep. Uh, so he's around that 17 mark right now, 17%. So that's why I, that's why I am kind of leaning more into the Jason Day. Uh, but even Justin Thomas, who I he too is can go off any week. He's back, right? Yeah. You know, he won the PGA last year. He's been, you know, sniping at other other wins here and there. Uh, and I just feel like he's primed. But Sung J M, I made the comment the other day, and it's mm. the year of M and Kim. Uh, and how, lo- how did I know you were going to go back to him? Lo- well, low ownership, and he's 24th in my model. And uh, and I don't know. I mean, it, it, it would be much more of a gut play than anything, although he yeah. you know, has not been playing poorly himself. Uh, I, I think this is the point of a tournament like this where there's just talent everywhere at the top of this leaderboard. It is going to be a name, I think. I was somebody, Jack referenced that they've had a bunch of first-time winners in the history, but mm-hmm. he, but then he also followed that up with who all went on to have bigger and better careers. And so, I mean, kind of the point he was making is sure. if, you, if you can win here, you can win anywhere. Yeah, it's a bit of a, a jump uh, a jump, jump start tournament for some of these guys to take that next step into stardom. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I'll be on Sungjae this week. Um, the, something's just not looking right about his game to me right now. I know mm. he finished T10 here last year, 
Uh, so he's had, but the two years before that, he missed the cut. So I'm not convinced this is necessarily set up best for him, especially with the way he's been playing at the moment. Um, I would rather have very similar ownership and drop down to Spieth at 8,900 at the top of the 8K range. Uh, I like Rakes out, out 14th in my model, roughly the same percentage as Sung J.M., and I feel, I feel more confident about playing Spieth. His history here is phenomenal. Going back to 2019, he's got a T7, T13, T18, and then T18 here again last year as well. So Jordan Spieth, uh, great history, comfortable here, sets up well, um, in pretty decent form. So I know he's got that wrist thing that was kind of sitting around there. Um, which I do think still affected him a little bit more than you were hoping it would. I don't. I still don't think. I don't. I don't think you were way off base and that it's nothing serious. But I think he might have made some slight oh, adjustments. The level of the level, of, the level they need to operate every <clears throat> tiny thing. It, it's yeah. not serious, like in a, a life threatening <laughs> way, but definitely when you're talking about you know impacting their play. Yeah. So I I I, I do like uh, Jordan Spieth this week. Uh, especially if I'm going to be able to get him at under 10% ownership. He's sitting at 9.7 right now. So I, I really like that ownership percentage. And then going a little bit lower into the 8K range, another guy I love the ownership on, uh, who I've played quite a bit of this year, is Wyndham Clark again. I'm going to go back to him. He's showing up tenth uh, in the top 10 of my model at number 7. So at 8,200 and around 10%, Wyndham Clark and Jordan Spieth are going to be where I kind of lay a lot of my chips in this 8K range. Well, I will see your Wyndham Clark because Wyndham also pops off at fifth in my model. So for the same reasons you love him, I love him. We all love Wyndham Clark. Sure. Uh, go Wyndham. But I'm going to go back up a little <laughs> higher in uh, Ricky Mustache. Come on down. He's mm -hmm. in form. And I, I know I've abused that term already. So somebody yep. take away that, that card. That's but fine. he's been playing well. He's back. This is the kind of tournament that, you know, maybe the stars align. And he's not, you know, he, he is he is 10th in my model. So this uh, this isn't just kind of like a flashy, I want him, you know, yeah. I want him to win, so I'm going to bet on him. No, I mean, like, I've, I've been trying to trust my numbers just to give some validity into this wild experiment. And I'm not alone. 17% is kind of chalky yeah. for 8,500. But there's the strokes gained home life thing that I, I'm, I'm believing in here too, where um, mm -hmm. journalists and these people on the inside and in the know uh, who follow these guys around They're I'm not going to say they're prognosticators, but they, they usually are pretty accurate, right? Otherwise we wouldn't listen to them. They wouldn't have any kind of validity uh, sure. to what they do and they talk about. And they, there's been the, is Ricky, is this his time? And I mean, that could also just be me taking, you know, the BS marketing that they want to put out there because he is a fan favorite. So what do yeah. you do? Pump him up until he breaks through because it's great for all of us. But, um, there's, there was a while where nobody, literally nobody in the world, you wanted on a 15 to 25 put, foot putt or any putt for that matter, yep. other than Tiger Woods, than Ricky Fowler. And then all of a sudden he fell off and it's Cam Smith kind of holds that mantle of like the guy can sink anything from 15 to 40, 45 feet sure. at any given moment. So if Ricky is trending, I like me some Ricky at 8,500, but... Wyndham Clark is probably going to get most of my love. And there's one other person in that low 8K range. And you know, if it's a week that I like Tyrrell, I love <laughs> Shane Lowry. Yeah, I, I like, I like my, I like my boys <laughs> from across the pond. They usually, yep. they usually will at least make the cut. Although I think Shane screwed me recently, but we're going to give him a redemption shot. Shane, 113, Shane recently, yeah. yeah. 13% is eh, I'll take it with Shane Lowry because on comparable courses, he also ranks out. So like Bay Hill yeah. and again, these, these major caliber, uh, either Bay Hill or a Pete Dye course. Yeah. Um, the, these are the names that pop up, which is not a shocker either. That's why like Corey Connors, everybody's in love with Corey Connors after the, uh, the run that he made. Yeah. He's almost 19% right yeah. now. So just, which, to, yeah, he also ranks can't out disagree with it. I just don't want to spend that kind of capital. Well, exactly. Yeah. He ranks out in my top 10 as well. He's actually number 10 on the dot, but yeah, at 8,300. I'm not, I'm not going to take that ownership. Um, that that ownership hit is just too much for me, uh, but not look. Yeah, you're not wrong. On, you're not long, wrong on Shane Lowry. I mean, he had the one miscut at the Wells Fargo in his last five. But other than that, he that other than that ugh, that he's been solid, and that's with him not putting very well. He ranks one eleventh in the field in this field in putting. Uh, so, considering that he's still four out of the last five made the cut, uh, two of them within the top twenty finishes as well. Both of those at the last two majors, the Pat, uh, Masters and the PGA. Uh, <clears throat> I don't hate the Shane Lowry play at that 13% ownership either. 
Um, it's just one that I'm going to let you play and not myself. That's why I'm going to finally get, make up some <laughs> ground on you this week. Well, let's, let's a, jump into – oh, sorry, you have one more? No, no, not at all. I was just going to say – go ahead. Oh, I was just going to jump us into the 7K range here because uh, the 7K range is surprisingly kind of scarce for my liking this week. Usually I, I, I make my, all my my headway in the 7K range here. The, it's feeling a little dry to me this week. Uh, I do like Russell Henley at 7,900 right at the top of it um, at about 9% owner, projected ownership. He's been playing well, only one missed cut in his last five. Um, so I, I think he sets up well here. If he can just putt a little bit better than he a- averagely does, he, he should pay out just fine for you here. Uh, Emiliano Grillo ranks out well in my model, but once again, we're not playing the guy the week after he wins, especially if he's, um, you know, no offense, Emiliano, but, you know, John Rahm or Scotty. So I'm not going to – even with those guys, we still say that the back-to-back weeks is is, is, is unlikely. But uh, for someone in the 7K range, that back-to-back – that second of the back-to-back usually means a miscut, not just a not win. So – I'll be staying away from him. It seems like most people are as well. He's only projected like 5% ownership. Uh, so that's it. But then other than that, I got to kind of go down into the the lower 7K range before I start finding some guys I like again. Um, and down here, one guy that – so first of all, I think I'm going to go back to Christian Bazud and Hout again. I uh, went to him last week. He played well, finished T21. Uh, he has a, good, a decent history in the two times he's played here, both top 40 finishes. So – I like Christian this week around 10% ownership. Uh, so him, and then I'm, I might play Tom Hoagie. Tom Hoagie's been burning me recently I just can't when I quit play you. him. He's been burning me, and he's he's. I'm talking myself out of it right now because he's missed the cut the last two times here, um, and there's a reason why he's only about two to three percent ownership right now. He just ranks out well in my model, but. I don't – I might play a little mm, – mm. I'm not going to play Tom. I just talked myself out of it. Forget what I said. I'm not playing Tom Hoagie. You sure about that? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'd rather pivot, honestly, to like a Kirk Kitayama, who's not oh, necessarily – he's who's been very inconsistent uh, this year, but he had a T4 at the PGA and then T29 last week at the Charles. So maybe, maybe he's found a little run in him right here and we can capitalize on catching him mid, uh, mid-run. All right. Well, <clears throat> that's that's all nice and good and well. The uh, I'm I'm glad you made up your mind on whether or not to play Tom Hoagie. No, I'm joking. I got you. I got I got you. Russell Henley, 14th in my model, mm-hmm. and, and also for I can't remember what tournament it was. He was you know he has been the top of the leaderboard or near it on the front page at least recently. Recently yes. enough to give me some recency bias when the numbers match up. I wouldn't sleep on the returning champ Billy Ho. You know again. Sometimes all it takes a little familiarity, but I'm, I'm not sure. actually probably going to play him for any other reason than if I've got to plug something up, then I'll, then I'll, that, that matches that number. I'll take him. I just like, I, I like to not like Billy Horschel, uh, but I also think that he's okay. We're not going, we're not going to talk about Billy Horschel. Kurt yeah, Kitayama. I already had to him play out of his mind compared to how he's been playing. <laughs> yeah, that's the problem. <laughs> Uh, Kurt Kitayama, though, I had him starred because, okay. A, that that deep down and still top 40 in the numbers means, okay, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about leverage when you're spending 7K for a guy unless all of a sudden the leverage is wildly, you know, up upside down on its head. Sure. Uh, and also they got him in a featured group. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. hmm, maybe they know something we don't. Or, uh, again, Bay Hill. You won, you know, you win Bay Hill, which is a comparable test for, <clears> these, <throat> for these guys. And so Kurt Kitayama at 7,400. Uh, but back at the top of the of it, I skipped right over him. Not Siwoo. We're not we're not going <laughs> Siwoo Kim. We're going Tom Kim at seventy nine hundred. Yep. Something about something about he's already won. He's already won uh, earlier this year a couple of times. He's an up and comer. He's not playing horrible. He's not yeah, playing. He, he really potential. just needs to find the putter. He's got a click exactly, and I know I'm. It goes against what I said earlier, which is you don't find your putting at Muirfield. You did maybe say he, that. Maybe, maybe <laughs> he finds it before. Maybe he finds it before that. Oh, yeah, maybe he finds it, finds it on the range, just outside of uh, of of the course. Uh, no, but in the 7K range, I see what you mean though. It, it's scarce for a reason. This is what we talk about. You know, the cream's going to rise to the top. It's a it's a designated event, invitational event, uh, star-studded cast and field. 
Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a lot of top heavy lineups. I don't even know other than Aaron Rye in the 6K range, Tommy Two Gloves at 6,500. You know, he's 23rd in my model. Uh, well, well, before we I, go too far into this, hold that thought on the uh, range because well, because go. we got a, we got a comment here from the uh, from the Millie Goats uh, podcast talking about Benny what on, up, boys? at seventy four hundred, uh, saying that that Benny on is uh, he's hot right now. Um, he is hot. That he's so hot right now, but he's also the numbers don't line up for me. He's I think sixtieth in my model, which. I'm just going to disregard it if you're not in the top 50. I mean, that's how much I believe in my numbers. But uh, if, you know, recency bias and he, you know, I was about to make a comparison. I shouldn't. But he is one of those (laughs) players that if he were to break through or make a run, you wouldn't be shocked. And that's the point that we make about this tournament this week is it's not going to be it's not going to be some some, you know, some strange it's some some strange name, you know, that jumps out of nowhere. See, this is bet so Benny On's one of those guys for me that I kind of feel like those guys. I feel like we've already seen his peak. Wow, uh, bold statement. It's, it's I know it's a it's a harsh statement and I feel bad about it, but I feel like he was <laughs> he was riding this hype train and, and very well so like he was he was improving and improving uh you know basically like 2017 to 2019 i feel like he was at the height of kind of what he was doing and, and he's just kind of gone downhill from there um and you look in you know not wrong he's, he's he's playing well right now t14 at the at&t t21 at the charles uh this, this just this past week only one missed cut in his last five um but look he hasn't played any of the majors this year uh, and I know this isn't a major, but this is a major f- type field. And so there's a lot in my head that's just kind of pushing me away from Benny. Now he does rank 47th in my model. I know you said you're only looking at guys in the top 50, so and I understand that. And, but respect Benny on is just not he's not doing it for me. I could actually I could I could back that play really hard. Uh, if you if your numbers or if 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 it was an idea of your own, because you look at his strokes gain total though coming off, I mean four strokes gain total four and a half seven and seven point six three point six nine point nine at Valero, five point mm-hmm. eight at Honda, four point three at the players. So it is kind of like he's simmering. So I and and but I think we'll know we'll know real early whether or not Benny is going to be a around for the weekend, be, let alone make a run at it. And I'm rooting against him for personal reasons, but. <laughs> Cheers to you boys. Have at it. This is this is one of those where you know what if if the this weekend comes to an end and I and I missed on on him then I missed. Well, him. yeah, so I'll I'm not gonna lose sleep over missing on missing on him. Well, I'm not too. I'm not. I'm not too. I'm not. I'm not above admitting I'm wrong. He just hasn't. Oh happened. no. Yeah, I don't. But I'm just saying it's not gonna like drive me nuts that oh my god I didn't play him. Someone told me to. That's. Good for him if it works out. <laughs> Mr. Buckley. All right, 6K range. Let's talk real quick because there's only a couple of names down there. Like I said, Aaron yeah. Rye has my eye because he's 23rd in my model at 6,500. And Tommy Two Gloves, um, he, you know, he he's he's done me well. I have been living on Lipsky and Rye for the last couple of seasons. Uh, this could be a week that, you know, maybe again, but he could also be O2 barbecue and Tommy Two Gloves could be riding coach back to you know Dallas or wherever the hell he's from. Davis Riley has burned me so many times. Sure freaking has. <laughs> but 69, 16, you know, 16th in my model. Where was and, he? I did, I did see And him. again, he, let's talk about he's only 2.3% ownership. How much did you say he was? 69. So, okay, yeah. I knew, <laughs> I, knew, I knew I saw him, and I got to find him because something – keep talking about him, though, because something popped out about him to me. No, I'm done talking, talking about Davis Riley. I'm just saying that I might have to actually play him if I want to put my money where my mouth is. Or yeah, and you know what? You're, there's no way he, you're the only one that Davis Riley's burned considering he's missed at least five straight cuts. I know, I know. Like it's, but, it's, that's what it down, was that jumped out to, to me is that his, that his entire five tournaments to show up on the recent results <laughs> on Fantasy <laughs> National. <laughs> it's just these, all are all, cuts. these are all, you're talking about top tier stats though. I'm talking about <laughs> bargain shopping for somebody on a prayer might actually come through and win. I yes. don't actually expect a six. I, here's, here's the difference between you and me. I've accepted that six out of six, like a perfect lineup is going to happen once a season. Maybe sure. you, I mean, and I get it. That's where, that's why you're probably beating me right now. Cause your goal is always perfection. I'm more yeah. of a realist. 
And uh, and I'm looking for that four to, four out of six, five out of six with a winner. That's what I think is much more likely is to pick the winner and, to and be have, fair, that, have that for, make up difference for not having a, a perfect lineup. And to be fair, from a point standpoint, you've kept it close doing that even when I've had five out of six. So to be fair, I think there's something to be said by I appreciate that you're being fair because I would not be fair to you if the numbers were reversed. <laughs> no, uh, so I, I chewed through my 6K. What do you got for 6K? Yeah, so – I hear you, Davis Riley, and I, I get it because he did he did finish T thirteen last year. Like so, he's and honestly, the numbers do line up for him well at this course. He does rank thirteenth in my model, so it might be one of those where it's it's you just trust that maybe he's this is this you're trying to like you said trying to catch the start of his comeback, I guess if you want to call it that. Uh, so I, I don't necessarily hate that. Um, I now don't don't feel persuaded when I say this name. I don't want to hear you. Uh, Blame it on me again, <laughs> but I'm going to go back to Seb Straka as well. <laughs> Look, he's 6,600, ranks 20th in my model, around 6% ownership. T29 last week, T7 at the PGA, uh, and then uh, T45 here last year. Um, he's definitely been up and down this year. It, it's been pretty consistent as far as – actually kind of the length that he's had his up and down swings and it looks like if he stays on that path this is one of the final weeks that he'll be on the good side of things uh so i'm willing to ride that for 6600 because like i said it's there's not much the 7k i like to for value so i'm gonna have to dip into the 6k range because i'm gonna have to pay for some 8k guys like if i don't like anyone the 7k then i have to take some chances in the 6k that's why i'm i am considering playing your davis riley this week because it, it might be useful to me and worth the risk but another guy who's worth the risk to me this week and i said his name i can't remember if it was last week or the week before i think it was last week at 6200 five percent ownership two straight t40 finishes no, it's not, I'm not going to play Svensson this week. No, 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 I'm not playing. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm listening to my sponsor. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to play Svensson. No, uh, I'm Ches Revi. Okay. I said. You I said. I, I think said it was it last recently, week. and I shit all over it. I was like, I can't play that guy ever again. And then all of a sudden, there I see him up there making a run. I yeah, I think I it was last that. week. I said because he well, it, it was one of the last two weeks. He finished T40 both of them. Uh, so, but he is on the upswing right now. And I'm, but like you, he ranks out fourth in my model. Uh, he, the numbers. He's, he's top 35 in all of my key stats, including top 10 in putting and top 10 in opportunities gained. So at 6,200, when I'm going to be paying up for some guys, he's going to be in probably all of my lineups this week. I'm okay with that. I'll, you know, Thank like you. I said, I shed I sh- all over <laughs> him when you brought him up. But uh, I don't know if Sports Illustrated is just trying to stir some shit up, but uh, apparently. Probably is their job. Apparently, right? <laughs> hashtag Brandle. That's what that's called. No, no, throwback. hashtag Phil. <laughs> Fuck Phil. I'm joking. I'm joking. <sighs> sort of. Uh, no, but no laying up is reporting. They're like not exactly sure what's going on here. Something to check out. Smash Golf Club and the Live Smash Golf Club. Brooks Brooks Kepka is the captain. Jason Kokrak, yeah. uh, brother Chase <laughs> is on there. But apparently, Smash Golf Club has scrubbed Matt Wolf's handles off of their Twitter bio and Instagram bio. Huh. And he did withdraw from the DC tournament prior to the final round. I wonder what's going on there. I think we're just trying to stir up something because we because it's there's nothing else going on. Other than the memorial, to pay, do you think he's made enough money to pay that penalty if he pulls out of live? Well, that's the other thing is maybe not maybe not everybody's on these 2025 contracts that More are true. these huge things, and maybe he has maybe he's pay he can pay the penalty, or maybe he's maybe his contract is up and he's on a month. We don't even know. Maybe these guys are like on month to month after they're yeah, off. We know, like, I don't we know, know nothing. <laughs> we we know absolutely nothing. I would I would really do think that the the time the timer has already started taking on live, and I don't yes. know how many more I don't know how many more times they're going to be able to push that button before it hits zero. Yeah, fair enough. And fun fact, Matthew Wolf is who we saw hit the hole in one uh, when we were at the Live Boston event. So that was, I'll always feel tied to Bat Wolf for that one because I don't know, it was fun. Especially when the guys <laughs> his were howling. Little, his little, yeah, his little fan club. <laughs> they were, yeah, they were howling there. at him. That was fantastic. Uh, but look, is there any other names you want to you wanna throw out there before we, uh, we we sign off for the night and hand the hand the mic over to the, the Plus Money Golf guys at, once again, maybe I'm right, maybe I'm wrong, 10 o'clock, I think. <laughs> Uh, Robert Copeland and John Coveden, both my grandfathers served in World War II. Here's to you guys, Memorial Day.
You know what? Bravo, sir. Appreciate that. Um, love it, too. So uh, that's going to do it for us here. But ends us on a nice, happy note with that, that little salute to service. Um, and come back next week, every Tuesday, 8 o'clock, Divots and Pivots on YouTube, on Rumble, on all your your podcast uh, de- apps, devices, whatever. Uh, we're always here. I'm Andrew. This is Bud. We'll catch you next week. Enjoy the memorial and have a good one, everyone.